Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is the Friday episode and I am your host, Reagan, joined by John. How's it going, John? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good, and we've got a little bit of everything, MLB, NBA, and NFL news coming your way. Let's start with the MLB. The Mariners are doing great, and their star rookie, Julio Rodriguez, is about to sign something like maybe $450 million in his rookie year. What do you think about that? Do you think he deserves all that money? I do. I think when you look at the Mariners and the success that they've been having, uh, and many people think this is their year to finally make it into the playoffs, like we mentioned, there's a long drought um for the for the mariners but when you really think of the reason they're winning baseball games there's a couple guys you could think of you can think of uh mitch Haniger, you can think of um oh, winker you could think of you know um oh gosh i'm blanking on his name but uh i think one of the guys that always stands out to people and one person that you probably have heard of out of all those guys is probably julio rodriguez because he was in the home run derby in his rookie year uh he has been I th- he's like on track to be, I think, a record that Mike Trout couldn't even do in his rookie season. So he's kind of in the company of legends at this point. And I think if you look at it, he's been able to boost the Mariners to quite a few different victories uh, and has been, every time you see him come to bat, you kind of, if you're a Seattle fan, you kind of think, okay, this game is is still not over quite yet. There's still plenty of time uh, for for uh, for the Mariners to come back, especially if Julio's up to bat. So I think with his ability to hit the home run, I think with his speed that he has uh, and what he's been able to do in his rookie season, I think it's perfectly reasonable for them to give him the contract that he's that they're giving him. It's like two hundred million dollars uh, in guaranteed money, and then four and then the whole deal I believe will be around four hundred million. So he's gonna get good money over the course of fourteen years, um, which I think is kind of a weird thing with baseball. Like baseball. In the rookie year, you can get a 14-year, you know, $400 million contract. In football, it's you don't get much money for your rookie contract. And then if you prove yourself, you can get, you know, a bigger deal. But I think it's definitely I think it's definitely one of those things where you're in a good situation with the Mariners. And locking up Julio Rodriguez is the smartest option because the last thing any Mariners fan or what, fans or what the Mariners want is Julio to walk and then him in another uniform and is now yeah. scorching you. Yeah. Uh, but also this squad altogether, the full Mariner squad that they have put together uh, it has been really good uh, and has been very dominant. Yes, they've had times of sliding and they're just kind of battling with the Blue Jays and the Rays, which are the only two teams that are kind of breathing down their neck at this point. But at the same time, uh, they're just kind of, they're going to keep battling. The current wild card uh, is Tampa in first, Toronto in second, Seattle in third in the wild card, but Toronto and the Mariners have the same amount of wins, and they're only, well, let's see, the Toronto Blue Jays are a game ba- uh, game up right now, so everything is well within the reach of the Mariners, they just got to keep winning baseball games, and luckily, they get the Cleveland Guardians tonight, so looks like <laughs> we'll take a victory. Okay. All right, yep, good stuff. Uh, let's talk about Tampa and the coming game for Tampa uh, Todd Bowles apparently quoted saying that everyone who's healthy is going to play that game, so we should be able to see a lot of starters and Tom Brady throwing some passes to his new wide receivers. Excited for that game? Yeah, I think it's going to be probably one of the better games that we see because, like I mentioned so many times, I feel like this uh, this uh, preseason has been kind of weird where a lot of times coaches are scared of using their 
players, their all-star players due to uh, fear of injuries and you don't, and, and this is the last week of preseason football. So if there's a week to be scared of that, now is the week because the last thing you want is them to have a two week injury and regular season is literally two days away so or two weeks away at this point. So, or no, no, 13 days away because it was, it's next Thursday. So last thing you want is something like to ha- that to happen. But at the same time, I think they want to see Tom Brady come back after an extended absence, maybe being on the mass Singer. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then coming back, they want to see him kind of come out, play a little bit, get, get into, get into the role and the feel of it, which makes sense. But then who else is going to be playing? I mean, it won't be Chris Godwin. I think Russell Gage went down with an injury, but he could be back. Uh, and then a lot of the linemen are injured as well, starting linemen. So now you kind of have to wonder about Tom Brady's protection that he's going to get. Is he going to be safe enough back there? Uh, and if, if, if he's not, is that too much of a gamble? Is that too much of a risk? I don't know. It's a, it's a risk that every coach has to weigh. Uh, and Todd Bowles is weighing in the favor of the fans who everyone wants to see Tom Brady jog out there and play a possession, a couple snaps, play a couple plays, doesn't matter. Uh, because when Tom Brady comes on the football field, it feels like football season has, yeah, <laughs> has come. It does. So, and with football season being right there, you know, it's, it's a, I think this is more like preparation for, you know, getting to game, game shape. But if there's someone that need, doesn't need to get into game shape, that's Tom Brady. I'm pretty sure Tom Brady knows what it's like to, you know, get ready. <laughs> can take extended time off and still be perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's that as well. But overall, I think it's it's a gamble. It's a risk to play them at any time. I personally, as a fan, yeah, well, it's great for want the fans. to see it. Yeah, we'll get to see him throw to his new wide receivers, Julio and Gage, and see how that goes. Julio, Julio Jones would be interesting. And I also figured out recently that Julio would not be staying in 85. That's a temporary number is what I think I saw. So he should be changing from a weird 85 to a normal number. Yeah. Hopefully That'd be good. soon. Uh, but yeah, like I mentioned, it'd be good to see some of the starters on the football field and see what yep. Tampa looks like coming the next season. Yeah. Uh, speaking of new players moving to new teams, the NBA offseason, already we've got a few trades brewing, and I think that Patrick Beverly's trade is it's confirmed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's going to the Lakers, and then the Jazz are trying to get rid of Donovan Mitchell. So let's talk about Patrick Beverly's trade. What do you think of that for both teams? Uh, I like it f- as far as the so wait he went to the Jazz and then the Jazz traded him because he was in the Timber Timberwolves. Yeah. I loved him at the Timberwolves. He's thought he was great. A little bit. Then he got traded to the Jazz. Didn't play. A, a, almost said snap. Uh, he didn't play <laughs> a game in basketball. Didn't play a minute. Uh, and now he's in, at, at the Lakers. Uh, but this also starts a whole nother conflict of Russell Westbrook now wants out of the Lakers. So now oh boy. there's that because apparently Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly have some, some, um, some, some history, uh, due to, I think they said it was like an injury that, uh, Patrick Beverly gave Russell Westbrook accidentally after trying to get a ball They took him out of the playoffs. So now they're not happy with each other. Now they're teammates. So now they think that Russell Westbrook could go to the jazz or, uh, as, as an option of a trade. So there's that as well, but as far as Russell or as far as Patrick Beverly going to the Lakers, I like it. I think he adds a little bit of, you know, aggressiveness, a little bit more physicality. Yeah, I like him as a player. Uh, he, he he gets under people's skin, which is probably terrible when you're playing basketball, but fantastic when you're watching it. Uh, and I think he adds for playoff runs and for playoff a nice ability to shoot play defense and just make the gritty play. We saw that uh, with the Timberwolves where he was doing, I think it was the plan tournament where he was getting to the free throw line, like twice in a row and yeah. bumping into guys and just kind of lobbing it up and almost making it in. Um, but I like the way he plays the game of basketball. He's a great piece to add to get um, LeBron James and Patrick Beverly 
Uh, and then Matt Reeves, I believe, is also now in the starting lineup. Uh, and then also Anthony Davis. And they said they want to run more through Anthony Davis. That shouldn't happen. It should more be between Padgett Beverly and LeBron James uh, and, and, yeah. and Reeves and those guys because they actually have opportunities to make plays. Anthony Davis can't stay healthy, so I don't think running anything, anything through him would be a good option or not. But as far as the Jazz are concerned, it's full rebuild mode. You lost Gobert. You want to get rid of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, and they're saying, I can read it to you, but they, they're basically saying that they want, an insider was basically saying they want to get rid of him by uh, by the start of training yeah, camp. Yeah, before training camp starts. So where is that going to happen? I mean, they want like seven first-round picks or something like that. Maybe they'll dial that back a little bit. What do you think they'd go for? You were just saying Russell Westbrook might want to get out. Well, I think if anything, Jazz. this is probably going to end up being a four-team trade or something like that. Because okay. I don't think any team's going to be willing to give up enough to do that. Because the compensation wouldn't be enough. Seven first-round picks or seven draft picks and multiple young stars for Donovan Mitchell. That's a big give-up. Yeah. Do. So you're going to have to be compensated some way. So maybe the Lakers join that and say, okay, we'll add Russ Westbrook to this deal. Give him to the Jazz and... They might take a little bit less, and this team can give there, and then some other team. I don't even know who would join that, join that fight. But at the same time, we also know that Kevin Durant, at least for now, will not be staying, and Kyrie Irving and Dur- Kevin Durant will be coming back for the start of ba- regular season. So how long will that last? I have no clue. Uh, is it a strategic move as far as the Nets are concerned to try to build up um, draftable capital for Kevin Durant and say, okay, look what he's been able to do. You know, give him an opportunity. But at the same time. Teams are now going to move their focus from you know Kevin Durant because we don't know how long he's going to be locked up, and they're going to shift to uh, to to now Donovan Mitchell. So maybe more teams will be able to join that fight. But if they're going to apply a little bit more gas, is what the article was kind of suggesting. They're going to try to push a little bit harder. The Knicks are probably going to jump to the forefront of a lot of people's minds because they're the team that's literally been circulating around Donovan Mitchell from the very beginning, other than the Lakers, which is Russell Westbrook. So if the Knicks get him. Um, does that make him a playoff contending team? That's the question. What do you got? Jalen Brunson, you got Julius Randle, you got Obi Tobin, and then you get Donovan Mitchell added on top. I think you got Evan Fournier. You got a decent squad, but that squad doesn't sound like the squad that's going to get you all the way to the champion or to the final, uh, let alone, you know, deep in the playoffs. So they got a lot of, a lot of work to do before, you know, get to the point where, you know, even with Donovan or Donovan Mitchell, you don't, and then they get him to the playoffs with Donovan Mitchell. Does he get him all the way to the final or deep in the playoffs? Probably not. So yeah. it'll be interesting. I feel like it's so weird. You know, ba- basketball season feel like it just ended, uh, but it's already starting up again yep. in October. It's coming and right back. It's yelling at you for attention with all this yeah. Kevin Durant and, and things like that. So we'll keep a watch on this and we'll let you get know as things develop. Yeah. All right, exciting sports events to come as we're getting revved up for the NFL and the NBA is coming back as well. A bit of a shorter episode today, but we will be back next week with more news. Yeah, real quick, before we head off, I have one more thing to say. I just saw it uh, today. The reason that Jimmy Garoppolo has not decided, or the 49ers have decided not to drop uh, drop um, Jimmy Garoppolo is because they're trying to make sure that Seattle Seahawks do not pick up Jimmy Garoppolo and say so they're not to face Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and so the dropping of Jimmy Garoppolo will probably happen dur- around week one, so they don't have to pick up all the the money. But that is the reason why they're dragging their feet on it, which actually kind of states that Seattle actually might be a bigger threat than previously thought of of, of getting Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's another whole storyline to watch as far as 
pickups are concerned for for the uh, NFL. All right, little bonus content that we'll have to pick up next week. Yeah, see you. All right, sweet. God bless.